Hello and welcome back to the Sightline Eye podcast. Um, Peter Nugent joins us for our dedicated intermediate podcast. And we're looking back at the weekend semi-finals. Um, that's seen Clannagale beat Katie and St Paul's beat Tully Sorn to set up an all-Lurgan um, intermediate championship final. That'll take place in two weeks' time. Um, so just to start, Peter, we'll start on the Clannagale and Katie game. Um, I suppose like both games... We found it hard to call, um, maybe just about tipping Clan the Gale, but we weren't, wouldn't have been massively surprised if Katie had turned it around, but um, a six point win maybe doesn't reflect the competitive nature of the game, but Clan the Gale did just pull away in that last five or ten minutes, and obviously we have an interview with them all himself, but the main talking point and the main difference between the two teams was the class of Supi Campbell, and I suppose is switched to full forward. He had started out the field. He had picked up a bad injury. Um, he went up for the ball and an honest enough tackle. Somebody went to punch the ball and caught the back of his head. And he had to go off as a blood sub. Come back on. Went into the full forward line. And that was the main difference. He stayed in there then. Kicked six points and set up his goal. Or set up Mel Patterson's goal, sorry. Um, so I suppose he is somebody we talk about in the preview, Peter. And he was the main difference there on Sunday. Yeah, yeah, Sean, he, he certainly was. He had a, a massive uh, impact um, on his reintroduction. Um, I mean, the run for the goal is his first rate. Um, creates massive distance, um, puts massive distance between him, him and any of the chasing defenders. But probably if you're looking at that goal, the most pleasing thing, maybe from Morrison's perspective, there is, is his awareness whenever he gets his head up. Uh, to slip Patterson in for the finish because he's coming in towards the goal there at a, a tight enough angle and the keeper probably would have had the you know the near post shut down so just to have that awareness to slip the ball in to the man maybe in a more centralised position with more of the goal aim at was, was brilliant on, on, on Patterson stuff it away so um, yeah look they, they, they were comfortable there you know coming down the street in the last 10 or 15 minutes thought be fair, Katie didn't help themselves really. There's a lot of unforced errors. Um, in that last 10 or 15 minutes, when, when the real pressure was coming on, you could you start to see the cracks appearing. Uh, and the you know, the fans were able to you know make the very most of that you know at the other end, and you know they finished out the game really strongly, tagging on their scores you know in the last four to five or ten minutes to make it look like on on paper like it was it was pretty convincing and you know I'm, I'm pretty comfortable, but you know. The, Really, it, it took them, you know, 50, 55 minutes to, 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 you know, really start to put the, the loss on, so to speak. And I suppose clans, they got off to a flying start. They went three points up in the first couple of minutes and it looked like, you know, they were going to run away with it maybe. But Katie did prefer to them. They, they come back into it. Um, Owen Fullerton got two points. Then Grand Donnelly got a point. Maybe Sean McCabe to put Katie 4-3 up. But then the goal came on... Peter, like, we can't talk about this goal enough and talk about Supi Campbell's involvement in it and anybody that hasn't seen it, it's up on our Mod GA's um, Twitter page and I think it's on Facebook and Instagram as well. They're just the pure speed, Peter, it just speeds the killer like, and he just burned, as you said, anybody that was trying to track him and as you were making the point, the unselfishness is so key. Like, you could see a team's star player, star forward, Busting through there, he maybe feels like he has to go for it because it's such a momentum turner. If he scores it, you know, the 
sort of star forward scoring a goal is such a lift. But his unselfishness to give it off to Mel Patterson was definitely eye catching. But it was the speed, Peter, the speed kills, and it was it was an unbelievable run from Super Campbell. Well, yeah, yeah, that's that's what you're looking for from from somebody with as much experience, you know, as as, as he would have acquired now at this stage. Um, you know, as athleticism to take him take him through the you know the tackles and the start, but not distance between him and the cover and defenders. Um, you know, is, is pretty awesome there. And I mean, at the end of the day, it counts for nothing. On you know, unless the finishes are played. So, you know, definitely, definitely one of the moves to the championship. Um, it was very slick, and it was probably just what they need to that stage. Um, so yeah, look, they'll be they'll be very pleased that, that they're able to string some some pretty good periods of football together. To be honest, I know against Tom Moore, probably probably they, they didn't have to extend themselves. Um, overly. But there you've seen, you've seen, you know, on, on Sunday evening a wee bit more what they're capable of on all. Oh, was that their best performance of the championship, Peter? Because we had been saying about the Shane O'Neill's game, they weren't overly impressive, but got over it. Clonmore, there was obviously a gap in the quality between two teams. But Katie, we, as everybody did, I think, give Katie a good fighting chance. So was that maybe Clannagale's most impressive performance of the championship to date? Yeah, I would say so. And I think that goes well for um, if their performances are gradually um, getting better week to week in this championship, then you know if, if they can further improve than us uh, next week, then then it'll it'll, it'll really really stand them in good stead. And they kick one fourteen, and uh, I, I suppose apart from Subi kicking six points, um, they were able to get Nav Henderson in the game. Shane McPartland contributed, and uh, now McKeon contributed pretty well as well. And uh, Mel got his goal, so. You know, all, you know, all in all, there was a, a reasonable spread of scores there coming, coming outside of their main man as well. So, like, for, for you know, for Clans to be going well, they need to be having, you know, Subi going well, need to be having now, now Henderson going well, need to have Neil Patterson going well, and and Shane McParland and and them four, you know, seem to be seem to be coming good at the right time now. And the likes of Neil Henderson there, Neil Henderson, sorry, um, he's maybe one that. I slipped under the radar like you know he's a good player but he was quality on Sunday and as you said kicked three points and he's a big player for them and also now McCann coming off the bench to kick three points they do have that quality Peter and as the show the likes of McCann coming off the bench they do have that strength and depth to push push games into the last you know 10 or 15 minutes Ah uh, yeah look I mean now Henderson's been um, he's been, been a really good player for the fans for probably the best part of 10 years or more you know um Really good playmaker. You certainly don't want to step off him. You know, you, you know, any anything going up against now, they need to press up on him. They need to really get in his space and, and try and curtail his influence. It's one of them players. If you step off him, you give him a bit of space. He'll he'll crucify his range of passing is excellent. Um, he's also deceptively quick on the ball, and his, and his finishing is usually pretty good as well. So like he's a great weapon for him to be carrying there. Um, as I say as well, now McKeon making that impact coming in off the bench. That's what you know. Teams tend to do well, and teams that win championships and, and, and go far and things like that are, are always teams that carry players that will come in and make a difference um, at, at crucial times in games. So, like, they'll be ultimately they'll be really pleased that that was another sub that was able to come in and, and, and make a big contribution. And obviously, um, on the Katie side, we talked about their forward line, Peter, um, the likes of Fullerton, McCabe, Donnelly, and they all chipped in with a few points, but I suppose their main man was Connor Hughes. And he kicked five second half points, and he was the real driving force for Katie that was bringing the fight to Clondagale. And 
maybe they just didn't have an, the same quality up front. Obviously, when we're talking about Clan McGill, we're talking about Campbell, Shane McParlane, uh, Henderson. Katie maybe just were lacking that bit of quality up front. I know Connor Hughes, he did kick five points, but were they missing that wee bit of a spark maybe? You know, somebody to get a goal or somebody to do something magical like Supi Campbell done with his run for the goal? Yeah, look, I mean, you need that wee sprinkling of probably of real stardust. That's obviously a positive for Katie Peter that they now turn round, that they've them three or four games left that they can push on in the league. They still have something to play for for the re- remainder of the year. worth touching on Peter um, just before the game in Athletic Grounds we were hearing word that a couple of the Clan Gale players had been dropped off the squad and obviously we don't want to indulge in rumours and stuff but there was a couple of men that weren't on the field that weren't in the team photograph that had been starting in the previous championship games and I suppose a positive of that is that Clan Gale could still manage to get through this game with six points to spare with while they were missing some of their key key players preview Peter I was sort of making the point that you know the likes of the Covid situation that had gone on in Clan de Gale then you had these boys dro- dropped off the panel there was plenty of excuses for Clan de Gale on, on Sunday if they were knocked out but they stood up tall and they made themselves favourites they were favourites going into the championship they re- reaffirmed that and they'll be favourites for the final now is there a bit of a maybe I don't want to say a siege mentality but is maybe that sort of controversy in them sort of um, moments, you know, bring the team closer together, and it's maybe a good thing. Um, heading into the final. Yeah, look, I mean, I think it's a good thing. Um, you know, 
So as I said at the start, Peter, um, I got talking to Supi Campbell after the game. So we'll hear from him now and hear what he had to say about his contribution and about how the game went for him and getting through to the final. Uh, so Stephen Campbell here, he's off to see an aside through to the intermediate final. Uh, some of your thoughts just after the game, Stephen? Um, it was obviously a tough battle. Uh, we knew what we were going to get out of Kitty. Um, we were going to be a very tough physical team that we were going to go with us right to the end. Although we, we pulled away in the last five, you know, it was a case of what had we learned from last year. And I asked the players who were involved in the intermediate um, under 20 final last year, what did they lose? What did they learn? What did we learn as a senior group in last year's semi final? And we proved that um, we basically got over that semi final high We lost quite a few in the last couple of years. And, and that's, that semi final last year, did the hurt from that drive was on? Because I think he's, we was four points up last 10 minutes or something yeah, last year. Yeah, yeah, in, in round that. Um, you know, we knew we had the quality tonight. Um, I think Peter Nugent alluded to in um, commentary last night that there's question marks over our defence, but him being on the other side of the fence last year, you know, he knew we were well equipped. Our, our, our defence gets a lot of flack at times, but man from on, we're as good as anyone. And it was just a matter if we could click up top, because obviously there's a lot of tension on the forward line and how many gears has the clans got? You know, where are we in terms of, you know, are we playing well? And I felt it was just a matter of doing the basics tonight. It's got us over the line in the end, to be honest with you. And coming in, these were favourites, but there was a suggestion that Katie had a great chance today. Does that have any effect coming into the game, favourite tag or anything? Yeah, well, the thing is, Katie would have been living off the Greens last year in their preparation. Obviously, the 2B team, you know, going up against the, the 2A, and obviously, Greens coming top last year, but it was back to the back of the, the old story, you know, what did we learn? Um, we knew we lost the game last year in the final quarter. Um, although we knew we'd be quality tonight, it was the game management there, you know, when the game was a melting pot. And thankfully, we looked at those and we just have that year experience. You know, we've been here before, whereas Katie hadn't really, I know they won the juniors, but it's a different level and they'll come again, they're a good side. And listen, they gave us all we wanted, to be fair. I suppose preparation wise, obviously, you had the COVID um, thing in the club, that's something that every club's nearly going to have to deal with at some stage. But what did it affect preparations or what was the impact? Yeah, well, in terms of momentum, you know, you can you can build you can build towards um you know, there's supposed to be run off in two weeks at a time, you know, we spoke in the league games in between. They weren't played either because obviously we had the case in the club, but thankfully we got it out of the road in time and it wasn't this week, you know, and it could have been in the rooms again, might have been played. But in terms of preparation, um we just didn't want any excuses this year. 
Do you know, we were sick of losing semi-finals and we spoke tonight just don't be fine wanting in the physical aspect and in terms of playing ourselves and we don't really have to do. And just finally, you obviously know an all Lurgan final against the Pauls. Um, you'll be going into that probably favourites again. Um, does that have a, have an effect or does it matter who you're playing? You're just there to win the final? Uh, of course, the two clubs that respect each other, you know, so close in the town and I've quite a lot of friends up there, you know, one of my best friends are up there. And it's, 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 it's bittersweet in a way because obviously you just don't know. We don't know how it's going to go, but you just have to respect any opponent that's got to the final. Like they, they've went through the gears, you know, they've lifted their performance in every round. And although the although the attention's always an anomaly at times, you know, you've you've ran all this was unbelievable there last night. Pat and Nash coming up from centre half back. So, you know, they're they're a better team than most in the county given credit for. You know, obviously Andre gets a lot of attention, but with so many with so many assets all over the field, you know, Aaron Rodgers stuck one on top of that top corner last night in you know, twenty yards and we're just good happy very worry and our game management is good happy something similar tonight. That's great, Stephen. Thanks for joining us. No problem, Trent. So Peter, we'll move on to the second semi-final. Um, this was actually the first semi-final that took place on Saturday night. It was St Paul's and Tully Sarn. Um, so St Paul's got through in the end, one fifteen to two ten. But after five minutes, it was ominous for them. You you were saying Tully Sarn's going to romp home. Peter, you're touching on that, and that's of a point right down about that. Um, about these quarters, and just some Pauls obviously lost the first quarter and went on to win the next three. But just looking at some Pauls scores, they scored five points in the first quarter, five in the second, one two in the third, and three points in the fourth. Is that something maybe coaches are going to start looking at? You know, we've all heard maybe a team setting out to score at least fifteen points or fifteen scores in a game. Is that something maybe they're looking at? get five scores in a, in a quarter or four scores in a quarter because, you know, if you're aiming five scores in a quarter, that's going to be 20 points and you're well on your way. Yeah, look, that would, you know, that, that would be absolutely lovely, you know, if you, if you thought you could sit down before a game and, 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 and paying in five scores for every quarter, that's going to make it extremely, you know, hard to beat. I, I'll touch on the game. I think, I think the reason St Paul's were able to, you know, contribute so frequently on the scoreboard throughout the game was the basis that they were getting a lot of you know possession off their own kickouts and 
Tully in the first 25 minutes of the game, I thought they struggled with Tully Sarns. But notice, noticeably, the last five minutes of the first half, they really pushed hard and squeezed on Tully Sarns' kickouts, and it, it changed the game. It reduced the deficit, which was sitting out of five or six points, and brought it right down to, I think, one point. It was a deficit at half time, and at that stage, it, it definitely was anyone's. Um, and suppose had the momentum. Uh, did feel maybe half time came at the wrong time to them. Was it gonna was it gonna alter their momentum? Was it gonna give Tully Sarn a chance to reset? But that's that's not really what happened at all. Suppose just picked it up again where they left off, started the second half. And uh, you know, the second half for me, Sean looked looked a lot like, you know, suppose always seemed to be playing on the counter attack, they always seemed to have a lot of space up front. Tully Sarn maybe hit the panic a, a little bit early they started to you know commit a lot of bodies forward suppose had a lot of bodies back it was all a little bit congested and then when the turnover came it was bang it was out in the space and suppose look like we were going to score the majority of times he came forward in that second half and you know I think from pretty early on it, it looked like there was only going to be one winner and look, see the two goals Peter is that obviously it's a huge positive to get two goals so early in the game but do you feel maybe Tully Soren would take her foot off the gas a bit? Because it did look like that. And maybe in the stand, we were even thinking, right, Tully Soren's going to romp home here. But after the two goals, did they maybe just take her foot off the gas a wee bit and think that they were going to cruise through? Look, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't think you'll ever take your foot off the gas 10 minutes in the uh, you know, chance of semi-final. I think, I think they would still have been capable of holding their focus. I think what they did do to a large degree was the two early goals... And the way they came about possibly led them into a you know a false sense of belief about how easy it might be to score goals. And a lot of their attacks for the remainder of the game continued to follow that pattern of being overly intricate, you know, looking for one extra pass whenever really they had ample opportunities in round the scoring zone just to keep the scoreboard working, kicking their points twenty five yards out, all of the all of the bread and butter stuff. But so many times they felt, especially as the game wore on, kept trying to play one extra pass, one extra pass, and, you know, ultimately, they probably wasted maybe four to five extra good chances for scores, you know, for, for handy points, by playing it on a wee bit further, and, you know, when you look at the breakdown and how the game finishes, you know, the, you know I suppose you can't help but think that that cost them, ultimately. And again, we spoke in the preview about the, the forward lines in both teams, and obviously coming away from it, you were pointing out, like, the likes of Mark McKeever, and Owen Daly from Tully Sarn on the flip side, Andrew Mernon obviously, um, you had Ryan Lawless, you had Aaron Rodgers hit 1-2, but just something that struck me Peter, and it was something that St Paul's constantly did in the first half, was just bombing ball in on top of Andrew Mernon, instead of, you know, obviously he has a advantage in the air, but something they were trying to do was just literally bomb the ball in, rather than placing a long diagonal ball in, say.
calls on the flip side show good versatility. You know, they showed that they're they're not totally totally reliant on that particular tactic. And you know, there's no shortage of other of other forwards looking to step up to you know take up the mantle. And I think even more encouraging for them was the fact that Owen McConnell probably had a, a day to forget. You know, by his own standards, and he was kept quiet. So if you'd have said before the game that they were going in and Andrew and the one would only contribute three points between them, you'd probably been, you know, thinking this is going to be extremely difficult for some balls. So the fact that the other players stood up, I mean, Rogers got one too. Ryan Lawless is probably making a claim for being their player of the championship. He got four points, and, and Pat Nash again, who's been really ultimately very, very, very dependable for them. And um, he very rarely misses any of his set pieces. Left foot is extremely dependable. So, you know, they, they, they had other people looking to step up to now McCarty in the middle of the field who, who gave a real exhibition in the field. Um, and he, I, I really thought that he just gave them that, that massive launch pad from there. And we touched on Nash, Peter, and he was a man you mentioned in our preview to watch out for. Is he, at centre-half back, if you're going into, say, Jermaine Marsden's planning now for the final... And we don't want to get into too much analysis of Clans versus St Paul's, but just to touch on this, is he now thinking that Pattern Ash at centre half back is a man that needs man marked? Well, I mean, you know, I think when you look at St Paul's and you look at you know their key playmakers, you're definitely looking at Pattern at six and, and, and Ryan at eleven. Like they'd be the two players that, well, for me, money over the last couple of games have been the players that have really made it happen for them in terms of the sense of going forward and kicking the scores and getting the delivery into the forward line and you know where Patrick picks up a lot of his ball can be areas of the field where you know sometimes the opposition can switch off and, and maybe not apply just full out pressure but he's, he's got so much quality in the left foot that you know if he does get the chance to let it go then it's, it's too late to do anything about it so yeah like <laughs> I think he, he's a player that, that, that needs that needs a bit of attention I thought Tully Sarn you know probably give them a lot of space um, and I didn't expect that. I thought they would probably have would, would have had them identified and uh, as a player that can, that can really hurt them. Um, and, and, you know, for, for Daphne in the first half, he was, he was head and shoulders above most players on the field. And Tully Sorens might be a bit like Katie in the respect that now they have the league, they can push on and be playing senior football next year because they're, they're third in Division 2A they're two points behind Sarsfields who are top of the table and they have a game in hand. So, you know, there's plenty of good young players. We've talked about Mark McKeever, Gavin Conlon, Kulmuski, Eddie Mullen. You know, they are young. Matthew Mullen in the middle of the field, James Madden. They're a common team and are they, they're really going to hone in now on trying to gain promotion through the league and give a big push for these remaining league games. Um, you know, it didn't happen for them. Ultimately, 
and hot for them Saturday night. They will have a lot of regrets. They'll know that they missed a lot of chances. But, it, you know, a bit like maybe like the Clans last year, they might use that small small margin to take the drive them on the following year. And St Paul's, you know, it's, we do talk about their forward line a lot and then the likes of Nash breaking forward. But just looking at their scores throughout the championship, Peter, 1-14 against Ternog in the first round. They got um three twelve against Kiara Kruppen in the quarterfinal and then one fifteen the other night. So you're talking about fifteen scores every game and that is a good target for them to be setting. We we talked about maybe trying to get four or five points each quarter. But if you're getting fifteen points or fifteen scores every game, it's a it's a good platform to sort of push on and win the game. Yeah, no, absolutely. Peter, we now have two weeks um, of plenty of excitement and build-up around Lurgan with clans obviously meeting St Paul's and we'll hopefully get you on again in two weeks' time and we'll go through that game and uh, obviously with our preview and then our review when it, when it finishes. So thanks very much for joining us, Peter, and we look forward to the next two weeks of planning our preview for clans and St Paul's. Inside.